Somebody who I think should know better said something that I think is foolish about Brock Purdy, and I'm upset about it. Oh, Before we boy. get to that here, it's Whitey Gleason and Jay Mars in for Chris Watkins today. Chris Watkins will be along this afternoon for... I have a feeling he's here already. I I, I didn't want to break the news, but since My you God. went there, I've seen him. Really? In the flesh. Uh-huh. Yes. And he did not give me bronchitis, so even better. Loser. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Gary Sharp and Chris Watkins uh, today at 2 o'clock. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that crossover. Yes, same. Yeah. But I don't want to be Carmichael Dave and like tease the crossover like an hour ahead of time, so I'm not. Well, you teased like, it at 10.30, <laughs> which is more kind of like the three-hour tease yeah. is more along the lines of what we do in the morning show. Sure. But I wanted to ask you this, Jay Mars. Uh, Christopher Law just mentioned Nick Bosa's situation. Are are you anywhere near, from a 49er standpoint, concerned about Nick Bosa? Yeah, man. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, man. Come on. Don't worry about it. He's gonna be, it's going to be fine. Right. You know, it's going to be totally fine because John Lynch told us that a month ago, right? When, you know, asked when uh, training camp started, you know, what's the situation going with Nick? Ah, not to worry, you know. This is, we, we know Nick's going to be in the red and gold for a long time. And then, I think it was what, last week, Friday was asked about it. I'm not really comfortable with the situation. I'm like, boy, is that a 180. Right. But he's negotiating. So, I mean, he's got an agenda when he talks about the situation. He's trying. John Lynch is. I don't know if it's going to do any good. But he's trying to exert maybe a little pressure if he can on the other side. Like, we got to get this done. And the other side's like, whatever. Pay us our money. There's, there's no way around this for the 49ers. You have to pay him his money. I'm not saying, come on, 49ers. I'm saying, look. If you look at it logically, they have no choice. Right. That's they just it, right? To. They're not exactly in the driver's seat here. And yes. I think that's a hard thing for the Lynch-Shanahan collaboration to swallow at times. Is Maybe. You're not yeah. really in the driver's seat right now, guys. And it's a matter of we know that you're going to get paid, Nick. But do you think there's reluctance on their part? Because, you know, all the, all the rumors that you hear is it's not just he wants to be the highest paid defensive player. There's rumors he wants to be the highest paid non-quarterback. And I think if there's a defensive guy, given that his age and what you see on the field and just how integral he would be on any defense, especially this 49ers one, he probably has a good point to make. But the 49ers also have to look at, okay, what's the long-term cap ramifications? Because, you know, Brandon Ayuk's going to be up for a payday. If Brock Purdy works out, he'll be up for a payday at some point, you know. And, you know, the 49ers have to factor that in. But I'm also of the belief, and maybe that's just from, you know, not being in high-level negotiations like this, it's like, is it really that difficult? Like, what are like what what is it that they that they're trying to figure out right now? Like, is it is it a matter of both sides not budging on I don't know two million dollars, or are they just like completely far apart on what they think the value is? Because it feels like you kind of should have that narrowed down by now. Yeah, I would think so. Um, you know, they have done. I think we've been critical of the 49ers for the last week plus at least. I do think you have to say they've done a good job, all things considered, of holding a really talented roster together. Yes. And navigating through some difficult cap situations. For sure. So they know what they're doing when it, I think Parag Marate, is he still? I think yeah, he's, he's still around. Yeah, and he doesn't, you know, we don't talk about him a lot, but I think he does a lot of that figuring out of this stuff. No, he so, has definitely been so labeled. I'm sure that's part of this. Yeah, he's their cap guru. Yeah. And that's what I think. I think it's more so like, they're looking at it from, you know, Bosa's standpoint. It's really easy. This is a number that I want to get at, right? But, yeah, the 49ers, because in the NFL, salary cap is so weird. You know, there's all sorts of ways to kind of circumvent cap issues, but those always happen, 
you, you basically to circumvent cap issues in the now, you put cap issues on right. yourself. And you, Bill yeah. Belichick has kind of alluded to this yeah. as well. He like it's going to catch up to you eventually. It'll catch up, which it will for the 49ers. But aren't you of the opinion? It's like, all right, we'll figure it out later. We have a Super Bowl contending team now. And that's what I the agree. Patriots did. And guess what? It worked out pretty well for them. Yes. Yes. So I'm not concerned. I don't think the Niners should be concerned because I think there's they have no choice. Right. Really. You have to sign him. He's that important to you. And if it gets a little past your, you know, your, the price point gets a little painful for you. Oh, well. Is there a is there a day? Whether it's this week, next week, after that, that if this particular first day game. hits first game, okay. Yeah, so like if game. he signs next Thursday, you're you're confident, ah, put him in Sunday, he'll be fine. Well, I'm assuming that they're confident with that. So I'm making that assumption. But yeah, and uh, I know I've mentioned this before with Chris Watkins. I was on with Chris Watkins. Hey Chris. Yeah. And uh we were talking about TJ Watt. Uh-huh. Uh was it last year or the year before? year before maybe and he was a hold in and he didn't sign until right before the season started i mean like right before and he was defensive player of the year so. yeah no that's a pretty good precedent then and you also remember the boses are notorious for their off-season workout regiment like it's a business almost to those guys yeah i don't think nick bosa when he goes to sign that contract in the presser is that there's gonna be some big gut hanging out or anything like i think nick bosa's in price he's not shape. gonna look like fat thor no yeah. he will not look like <laughs> fat thor Although now I have the visual of Fat Thor. Weirdly, it's Nick Bosa. Uh, Anyways, but no, I I think he'll be fine. My concern more is just for the optics of it. And like, oh my God, get the guy in camp already. Like, this is insane. Yeah, if you're um, negotiating for Nick Bosa... Aren't you, you know, using that to your favor a little yes, bit? Yes, one hundred percent. Having a terrible off season, like, you can't afford right. for this to blow up in your face. Oh no, one hundred percent. It's going to cost you a little more. Yeah, no, and if you're the agent, you're doing that yes, right because yes. the agent's trying to squeeze every bit of money out of the franchise for their own good, mm-hmm. while they sell as it for the player's good, obviously. But no, yeah, I'm using every piece of leverage I can in these negotiations, and from an optic standpoint, if they don't get something done prior to week one. I mean, that's a really bad look for Lynch and Shanahan because it's compounded by the issues that you've seen with the quarterback room. And, we, you know, we kind of talked about the kicking issue a little bit. I mean, I know yeah. that's smaller right now, but, yeah, this would be a terrible It's when you got to get done. Yeah. If you end up losing uh, to Pittsburgh, and it's a long season, I know, but, you know, maybe you're – uh, your kicker struggles there. It's a notoriously difficult stadium in which to kick, and you don't have the pass rush because you don't have say, Yeah, you can't like, get pressure on the you, quarterback. Yeah, yeah, you just that's Kenny Pickett throws for five TDs because he's just got all the time in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unacceptable. Um, and to me, this is as well. Um, we have this from the Bill Simmons podcast recent episode. Bill Simmons apparently is on the Bill Simmons podcast now. I didn't really. Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, good for him. He was talking with. Former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Michael Lombardi, by the way, has a new book out. I don't have the title here. He has one coming out. I'm going to read it. I read his last one. I think it's Gridiron Greats, and it's really excellent because he was there, and he's been there. He worked with Walsh, and he worked with Al Davis and Belichick. He knows what he's talking about, which is why this surprises me. Bill Simmons says, of Brock Purdy and the 49ers, quote, from top to bottom, it's the most loaded team in the league. They have a crazy schedule. It's front-loaded in one way, and then it gets easier, but for the most part, Really, Purdy is the only thing that I look at and go, okay, that's a concern. Again, this is Bill Simmons. But I thought Purdy was okay. Like, they really just need a B-minus at quarterback, end quote. And then Lombardi says they just need an average point guard. All he's got to do is just get the ball to them. All Purdy has to do is make the easy throw easy. 
he doesn't have to make it hard. Get the ball to Debo. And um, says one thing about the Niners, if they were a basketball team, they would shoot very little shots outside the hash marks. Everything they do is inside the middle of the field. So I disagree with that. I understand what he's saying. We talked about this earlier, Jay, I know. Uh, I don't think they need Brock Purdy to throw for you know 5,000 yards this year. Right. But what he does and what they need him to do, he has to be excellent at it. He can't be okay at getting the ball out on time and making the right reads. And throwing to the right and, and taking care of the ball, making sure he doesn't turn it over. He can't just be okay with that. He has to be hyper efficient. Wouldn't you say that Jimmy Garoppolo is right around a B minus quarterback? Uh, C plus B minus. I, I would me personally, I okay. would probably say a little higher, but I understand. So, I wouldn't quibble. Okay. Well, that's I'd be even around better. There and I get your point. And that's even better because let's say okay, so you Certainly evaluate at times he has been that and worse. You evaluate Jimmy G. Let's say as a B quarterback. That wasn't good enough in that offense, and it, the eye test showed that. Is there were times, like you said, if the open, if the first reads available, Jimmy was good at getting the ball out. But we all saw it, man. If that first read was covered, he had a lot of trouble progressing to that second and third reads. That's why he ended up on the ground a lot of the times. And it's simply and how that, did that go? Not well. It didn't go well to the point that Kyle Shanahan was like, "Yeah, we need to make a change here at quarterback." Brock Purdy has to. This is one of the more elaborate offenses in the league. This isn't just a basic play offensive system. And in order for the 49ers to succeed, they have to have a quarterback back there that the minute that first progression shuts down, he already knows it within a split second and can move to two, can move to three. Oh, by the way, okay, so all three reads are shut down. I need to either use my legs or I got to get rid of the ball. Whitey, he has to do all that within like three to five seconds. That is a very difficult thing to do. You have to play at an A level just to run this offense efficiently. Mm -hmm. And so I'm with you. I completely disagree the idea that you can just bring in some guy, some, you know, average to a slightly above average quarterback, and they're just going to have this amazing all-pro season simply because of what they have around them. Michael Lombardi says, Purdy doesn't have to be great. He can be Bob Greasy, hand the ball off, throw it to Paul Warfield, and let the defense carry the day. That's not correct. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, this isn't – the 49ers aren't running the ball. Well, they do run the ball they a lot. I ball. know it's based on that. But Bob Greasy, that great Miami year, 72, um, he completed 54.6% of his passes. Yes. I know it's a different game now, but no, that ain't going to cut That's it. That's such a terrible <laughs> comparison. It's almost as bad as saying, like, oh, he just needs to be Trent Dilfer in Baltimore. Like, no, he needs to be much better than Trent Dilfer in I Baltimore. Agree. And we know he Trent be, Dilfer did yes. win a Super Bowl, but the 49ers ain't winning a Super Bowl with that. No, they're not winning that or Brad Johnson in Tampa Bay. Like, look who has won the Super Bowl the last 20 seasons. It's been really good quarterbacks or a quarterback that just ran a system so efficiently a la Nick Foles, right? He has to, at the very least, be what Nick Foles was to Philly. Like, I run this system. I know this system like the back of my hand. Good. But, like, Nick Foles was an A quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles in that Super Bowl, and that's what they need Brock Purdy to mm -hmm. be. Yeah, so we agree on that. Yes. We disagreed in Factor Fantasy, but now we're back on the same no, page. No, now we've made up. We've kissed and hugged in the break, and now we're back on the same page. Uh, so with the new third quarterback rule, how many more teams are carrying three QBs this year? I have the surprising answer for you. Coming right back with that next, Whitey and Watkins with J-Mars in for Watkins on Sackdown Sports.
Sacktown Sports and watch the show from your desk. CK916 leaping to the defense of Jimmy Garoppolo on the oh chat. Uh, Jimmy didn't have CMC back then, and Ayuk has improved a ton. And I think those are, uh, I, I think that's on the money. That's Jimmy valid. Jimmy a lot better with uh, Christian McCaffrey last year. A full had, year. Yeah, well, he had yeah. Christian McCaffrey for a few games last year. Yeah. Jimmy was pretty good last year before he got hurt. He yeah, was, no. He was very good. I, he was... I think he was playing some of his best ball as a 49er. I still think there was a lot to be desired there, but I do agree that, yeah, anytime you can improve the pieces around you, it's going to improve you as a quarterback, period. Uh, we are coming to you via the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop what, Jay? Honda shop. Very well done. Thank you. Nicely played right there. So now in the NFL, um, because of what happened to the 49ers in the NFC Championship game, you can have three quarterbacks. So how many teams do you think after cutdown day? And I think last year, 12 teams had three quarterbacks on the 53. How many teams after cutdown day yesterday have three quarterbacks on the roster? 12 last year. New rules this year. I'll say 10. Uh, it's actually, it's 13. You're oh, close. Okay. It, but it's only one more than last year when you didn't have this rule. Hmm. So it's like most of the teams looked at it like, yeah, we're not going to do what the 49ers do and basically leave our quarterbacks out to dry. Interesting. Yeah, it's a, uh, some of it, it probably requires an asterisk because several teams are planning to sign quarterbacks to their practice squad today if they clear waivers, if they haven't already. Um, so that's a plan with uh, the Texans. So a number of teams I would imagine will- also the Niners will have a practice squad quarterback. Given that, I think all things considered, it could have been, you could have seen something had they not traded Lance where Brandon Allen would have been a you know, practice squad QB unless someone signed him, obviously. But, yeah, I would imagine the 49ers will be one of those teams. And I do think we may never find this out for certain, but I know we touched on this earlier as well. In my opinion, in Kyle Shanahan's eyes, uh, Trey Lance was his fourth quarterback. Yeah, I don't particularly disagree with that because it did really feel like Kyle just kind of disregarded Trey, you know, and I think a lot of the whole, oh, there's a legit battle here was just to keep Trey Lance's trade value up, which – all things considered, was an intelligent move because you did manage to get a fourth-round pick for it, which I don't know about you. I thought uh, I was surprised they got a fourth for Trey Lance. I thought it's, I wouldn't call it good value, I obviously. I and stunned. I was. Yeah, yeah, I was like, wow, a fourth-round pick? That's actually way better than I thought they would get. I thought they'd be sixth or seventh or even a conditional pick. They had to jump at that, right? Right. Oh, yeah. While and, pretending to be, oh, well, Jerry, we'll see. Uh, I'm, uh, let's see what else other teams have offered. <laughs> Cover the phone. Do it now. Do it now. Take it, take it, take, take it. it. Take it before he falls asleep. I'll uh, offer you a fourth-round pick. How about I that? I think it's just great because if I offer you fourth-round pick, that means Jared Jones is back in the headlines, baby. <laughs> Am I up to at least a five? Luckily, the judge was otherwise uh, <laughs> the judge involved. Did, the yeah. judge is oh, back. Here he comes. Yes, Your Honor. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm ending it there. I'm ending on that note. A five? A five. Okay. I'm good yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cut your losses. So I was surprised by that, but I think you're correct, and it's a lot of losses. I was at, what, a seven? I think no, you started at a six. Okay, yeah, no, then five. Then went down to a three at one point. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I think that's where Kyle Shanahan, and again, it just speaks to Kyle Shanahan, that he thought Brandon Allen was a better quarterback than Trey Lance. By the way, and, and this gets lost in that, Trey Lance was your starting quarterback last year, Kyle. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not forget he was QB1 coming out of camp. But, yeah, I agree. So that that's a very interesting thing. But I think given that this rule is almost based off of the 49ers, I bet you they carry four with one of them being a practice squad guy. I do think when people compare teams, um, 
by comparing their quarterbacks. Uh, you know, it's interesting to see who are the best quarterbacks and doing the tiers and all that. We've done that. The Athletic, Mike Sando does a great job. But I, 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 I'm reluctant to go here because Kyle Draper was mentioning this to a degree yesterday, and, and he's not here today. But when you look at the 49ers quarterback and say, how can you win a Super Bowl when you look at who the Eagles quarterback is and who the Bengals quarterback is and who, uh, of course, the Chiefs quarterback is? And they have Brock Purdy. How can you win a Super Bowl? Well, yeah, they can. <laughs> they can. Yeah. They, they really can. Again, it's the idea that when you're saying how can they win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy, you're basically saying Brock Purdy sucks, right? That that's kind of the equivalent. That's the there. implication. That's the implication sure. where some might say, "Well, he's in. No, he's not in the same range as Mahomes and Burrows," which is, by the way, 100 percent true. But you have to factor in the defense, and again, Brock Purdy has so many pieces around him. They have so many studs. You have arguably the best running back in the NFL. You have what could end up being if Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk ends up being what everyone says he is, one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. Brock Purdy doesn't stink. He, he's a good quarterback. He we can, think. We, we think, think. He can get the ball downfield. We've seen that. I, I just, I've never understood why people, again, it's like people are viewing him almost in that Trent Dilfer-esque realm. And it's like, the game is played completely different. Like, this kid has shown he can be efficient and throw the ball. Like, he can be a focal point of this team on offense. That's it. He has to, and he has to be hyper-efficient. He does. And if he's okay, and he throws a few interceptions here or there, then he ain't going to get it done. No, but that I mean, ain't going to work. But he is going to turn the ball over. We can't expect 25 touchdowns and no interceptions for the kid. But yeah, See, it, I, th- I think that's still that biggest open question with him. And I think last year he had four, I think it was 13 touches and four picks. And I know there was a long streak where he didn't turn it over and he well, had some luck in there. But you go back to what he did in college and what we heard in camp this year. And I think that if I'm Kyle Shanahan, that's one of my biggest concerns. Um, is this guy still a little bit turnover prone? Because he can't be. Uh, he's I not going to make all the big plays to compensate for turnovers, so we can't have him throwing the ball the wrong team. But I think the other, and it's interesting because one argument you hear against Purdy all the time is like, well, there's tape on him now, right? And, and people are going to be able to prepare for him and scheme against him. Well, isn't there the other argument, too, that like he's going to get better? Like Brock Purdy hasn't peaked, so to speak. Like the kid was a rookie last year. Like guys develop and they get better. And the more playing time he gets, there's also a good argument. We'll cut down on those potential turnovers just by getting reps. Like guys that turn the ball over are guys usually that either don't get reps or they're gunslingers. Purdy's not a gunslinger. No. So if he's making mistakes, I think he'll make them early, but he also seems like the type that will learn from his mistakes and will cut down on them. What do you think of this? I remember I asked Kurt Warner last year, I think, doing a radio interview with Kurt Warner. What's the one thing you would want? And I think I said Trey Lance because at the time we thought it'd be Trey Lance. Now it's Brock Purdy. The one thing you want the next quarterback to be able to do that Jimmy Garoppolo did. And I know if I asked you, you'd say, there's nothing. I can't stand Jimmy Garoppolo. But, right? You don't, yeah. Well, okay, so the question is something that Jimmy did? Something Jimmy does or did that you would want um, your next quarterback to inherit. And what... um, what Kurt Warner said was Jimmy had an ability. He'd make a bad play and forget about it. Flush like it. That. I guess this is kind of in that realm. It's not necessarily on the field. I want Brock Purdy to have that same command and same rapport with the locker room. That's the one thing Jimmy had, man, was everybody had Jimmy's back. I remember when Trey got drafted, we had Eric Armstead on in the mornings. And, you know, And David asked Eric about the whole Trey Lance-Jimmy thing. And, and Eric's like... I don't know why people talk about this like Jimmy isn't our starter. 
Like, Jimmy is our guy. If Jimmy is on this roster, Jimmy is our guy. We love Jimmy. If the if the roster feels that way about Brock, combined with what we hope he can do on the right. field, I think that's the biggest win. Yes, I think you're right. Like I said earlier, I think Jimmy, in a way, set the tone for the culture of the team. Like, look at everything that I got to deal with with Kyle. But when I play, I don't care about that. We're winning. Right. And I think that the team rallied around that. Yeah, and I think, and you know, early indications are Brock has that kind of swag to him where, you know, uh, Trent Williams yeah. had said, like, man, the guy had basically played one NFL game and was getting on all of us during practice. Like, he has that leadership quality, and I think that's something that I hope we see develop over the season and becomes more of a talking point. What do you think of Willie Sneed's nickname for him? Willie Sneed, who, by the way, didn't make the 53. Uh, was man, it Brockstar? No, it was Glock Purdy. Glock Purdy. Brockstar. I like Glock Purdy. I actually like Glock Purdy a lot. That will be Willie Sneed's great contribution to the 49ers yeah. franchise. Of course, he also compared Glock Purdy to Drew Brees, which is, and he even I, he said, he said, that's kind of a stretch. The, the other thing, I should have grabbed this. Uh, there's video of Sneed saying the same thing about his teammate, Lamar Jackson. Really? Yes. He called him Glock, Glock Jackson? Jackson? <laughs> I wish. I wish he did that. Coming up next year. If he were, were in Vegas, it would be Jimmy Galakaro? No. Don't hurt <laughs> You're yourself. You're done. You're gonna, yeah. You're going to injure yourself. Uh, roster cuts that will impact oh, fantasy football drafts. What? Yeah, next right here. Whitey and Watkins. Jamar's in for Watkins. Watkins is here too, though, somewhere. Hey. Sacktown Sports. Give it away. Download the Sacktown Sports app and listen to Whitey and Watkins on your smartphone. Whitey and Watkins today featuring Jay Mars with Chris Watkins. He'll be along top of the hour with well, actually, uh, Gary Sharp. Well, isn't he going to come hang with us for the last uh, 10 or so minutes? I think he's going to big time us. Really? <laughs> I hope he's going to come in. Unreal. I hope so. Yeah. I, you know, wherever he is. I don't know. If you see, hear his death rattle, maybe you don't want him in that room. <laughs> oh, no. Is he oh, still broncular? No. <laughs> yeah. He's a Broncosaurus Rex Bron- right now. Bron- oh. Watkins. <laughs> Bronkins. Bronkins. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. Yeah, I'm sure he's been on the antibiotics, so he should be fine by now. Yeah. He would, wherever he is, you know, who knows? With him, um, he would probably be somewhat interested in this. Uh, I've got uh, 10 things uh, that could impact your fantasy football draft from a cutdown day yesterday. Okay. But I got to also tell you, they're not, it's not like there's a lot of blockbusters here, as we know. Because right. you look at uh, NFL cutdown day, it's like, that was it? Well, I'm going to say this, Whitey. I've already drafted for fantasy, so you may do something that impacts my roster, and I may need to go to the waiver wire. All right. Well, we know that uh, Colt McCoy was released. Uh, so that means, uh, hey, you might want to pick up, uh, I don't know, Joshua Dobbs? Yeah, if you're in a 64-man league, that really impacted you. Also, when I read that Colt McCoy is 37, I don't know why that was shocking to me. But I'm like, Colt McCoy's 37 now? That is shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was talk or buzz on Twitter that Rashad Penny might not even make the Eagles roster, um, but he did. Trey Sermon, though, the former 49er, is uh, not on the roster. You mentioned it already. <laughs> Bailey Zappi um, did not make the roster of the Patriots, but he somebody already... He's a practice squad for the squad. Patriots yeah, that's now. Right. Patriots practice squad. Um, the Jets, Dalvin Cook, they 
Uh, let's see, they go into the season with Brees Hall, Michael Carter, and Ibanekanda. So, they're, they're, like I said, there's not a lot of big names here. Raiders released O.J. Howard. Um, that could, like, again, in teams that are, like, super deep, Leagues might right. Broncos release Kendall Hinton on ah. Monday. Uh, Giants on Monday release James Robinson. Uh, Rashad Perriman, James Washington have not okay. made the roster for okay. the Colts. I have Perriman on my bench. That, I told you legitimately you might have something for me. You found it. It was Perriman. Yeah, let's see. At least one of them will likely be picked up by another team. So perhaps that's already happened. Okay. But yeah, uh, sorry about that. Ah. Rashad Perriman, James Washington not made the roster for the Colts. There goes my league. And the Bengals cut two backup quarterbacks, Trevor Seaman and Reed Sinnott. So... Jake Browning remains behind uh, Joe Burrow, and I think Will Greer is on the practice squad with the Bengals. My guy. Your guy. Will Greer. Backing, backing, backing up Joe Burrow. (laughs) And uh, Joe Burrow today, practiced today for the first time since he got hurt on July 27th. Yeah, that's a good sign for anybody like myself. If we're talking about fantasy football, my uh, first pick was Jamar Chase. (laughs) <laughs> Much right. rather have Joe Burrow throwing him the football. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, Connor Orr says the 49ers are 13-4, and four, and he says the Bengals are 13-4. and four. So if, that bodes well for you. I, I think if, if Joe Burrow's healthy for the entire season and that, that injury's not lingering, I mean, I look at the Bengals as almost getting back to the Super Bowl again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great... I, Joe Burrow, if Patrick Mahomes didn't exist, I think Patrick Mahomes in the AFC is going to end up being what the, man, if Michael Jordan wasn't playing, we would have won a title. Like, I think Patrick Mahomes is that good. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think the Chargers are going to win the division. You don't think so? Nope. <laughs> wow. hey, I know, just, hey, man, I, I, know, I know. I know KCRA is our partner, and they have, like, Chargers coverage. We don't need to, like, we don't need to, crazy. we don't need to grease yeah. that. Any, we don't yeah. need to grease that. I'm watching channel, you know, we watch channel three all the time. Same. And uh, there's uh, one of the reporters is down there, and they're at a Charger camp. Like, what are they doing at Charger camp? What's Dell doing at Charger camp? What's going on? Then, oh, yeah. Dude, and yeah, I know Michelle's game. probably thrilled about it because she's a Chargers fan. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Are you a Chargers fan? No. Good. No. But I that's I think we have bold predictions coming up. I shouldn't say. Sacktownsports.com. Pro Bowl predictions? No, bold Oh, uh, football predictions. <laughs> I heard. I don't bold. know what I. Yeah, I don't know what I said. Uh, bold NFL predictions, ah. and I have uh, the Chargers winning the division. Do you know that right now the Chiefs have won? I think the last seven uh, AFC West titles. That is the only division in football where right now all four teams have won the division the same number of times. Really? Yes. Wow. And so basically, whoever wins it this year that breaks the tie. And who's going to break the tie? Los Angeles Superchargers. <laughs> I would bet my house that my friend Christopher Law, the judge, would disagree with you. Well, that's why it's a bold <laughs> prediction. Yeah. I like Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you heard me. <laughs> I did not. Yeah. I said you would disagree with Whitey's prediction that the Chargers win the AFC West. Mm, I can see it happening. How about that? Really? How about that? You're like the Patrick Mahomes fan of all Patrick Mahomes fans. I can see it happening. Like, but if he gets hurt, <laughs> if he gets hurt, yeah, that caveat. Mm-hmm. Speaking of TV, did you see what Ron Darling had to say about uh, streaming, MLB streaming? I have not, but I I love when Ron Darling talks because funny things happen. Yeah, he's a he's a really he's a Stanford guy. I think he used to play for the A's. And A's the legend, Mets, of course. 
Yeah, and he was talking. We probably have the audio somewhere. I don't have it. I apologize. He was talking about a Mets game, and it was <laughs> it was on Peacock. So he's talking about something that happened in the game, and then he just says, "It's so so had you know Sunday they were three hits." He goes. I would have seen the game live, but it was on Peacock. <laughs> and I guess he decided, oh, yeah, we've got, I asked the family, uh, we've got all these, you know, streaming services, and I wasn't going to pay for another one. He's not paying, I'm not paying $5.99, and you make you have commercials? <laughs> you go, because Ron Darling is probably hurting in the pocketbook. Right? Yeah, it was kind of surprising. Uh, he didn't have oh, to talk about God. it at all. Oh, and I'm sure but Peacock Ron Darling is a- has had enough. <laughs> I'm sure Peacock as a partner loved that, by the way. Mm-hmm. Loved that. <laughs> Godly damn. When describing a play from the Mets game against the Angels on Sunday, Darling said, I would have seen it live, but I'm a little IT challenged on getting the Peacock channel yesterday. The Peacock. I was so frustrated. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get the Peacock channel. I was channel. scrolling through my U-verse and I couldn't find it. <laughs> I don't know why Ron Darling talks like this. You know why I ended up not getting the game? Peacock came up, and I said, okay, I'll get Peacock. I looked at my family and what they own already. And Gary Cohen, I think, says Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, Disney, blah, blah, blah. Darling says, it was a protest. I said, I'm not getting another one. I'm not spending another $5. So the Mets announcer didn't see the Mets game. I can imagine next for Ron Darling is striking with the WGA. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is malarkey. I have to tell you, there was a Giants game a Friday night or two ago, and I didn't see it. I couldn't figure it out. And it really? Was because it was, was it the Apple game? Yeah, no, yeah. those are Friday games. And I couldn't figure it out because sometimes in the Bay Area, and up here too, Giants games are on NBC Sports Bay Area, but the Friday games are on something else. Yeah. Uh, I think down in the Bay Area, they're on Channel 4, and there's other channels pick them up here. And they weren't, it wasn't on local TV, and it wasn't on NBC Sports. So I was like, I give. I don't know where it is. And I, did, I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it? Do you have yeah. Apple? I think we have a free, yeah, we haven't actually uh, exercised it yet, but we have a free, yeah, free Yeah, some trial. good stuff yeah. on so Apple, but yeah, it. so I know, uh, I know. Apple does select Friday night games, and then Peacock exactly. has the early Sunday, Sunday games morning. for baseball. I know, I know. Yeah, and I think we get we have Xfinity, we get Peacock, but that's just so funny. And it would be Ron Darling. Like, Ron Darling, yes. like, I have nothing against Ron Darling, but man, those TBS broadcasts he does during the playoffs, which is the only time I really hear Ron Darling, it's rough. It's rough. Why? He sounds like the guy that couldn't find the peacock when he's evaluating <laughs> baseball games. Because you know, I think Smoltz is really good. And it's just when Ron comes in, it's like, oh, why do we need Ron here right now? I'm not the biggest Smoltz guy. I've probably, like you, I've done mm-hmm. interviews with him, and he was a great pitcher, and he's a good guy, but shut up. He, he does talk a lot. I'll give you that. way too much. But I'd rather have him than, him than Darling. Because, again, Darling just sounds like the game's passed him by. You know who? You know who's, like, beloved that I, that I would just, like, listen to them and shake my head? It's Tim McCarver. The late, great Tim McCarver. Tim McCarver was the most Captain Obvious color guy of all time. You know, Joe Buck, it's Game 7 of the World Series, talking about it, throws it to Tim. Joe, you say it with such, like, this resounding voice. Whoever wins tonight will be the world champion. Yeah. And then look back at Joe like, yeah, build off that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Tim had a way with words. He did. Yeah, he just could have gotten away with using less, fewer of them. He would just say things, and he would, and to your point, and then at the end, it's like, what? 
Remember when Deion Sanders dumped ice water on him? Yes, he was not yeah. a fan of that. Uh, the crossover. and story. Are you up for some story time? I here? love story time. It's yeah. my favorite part of the show, if I'm being yeah. honest. Uh, really? Yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the story time Christopher Lodd crossover is next. I have a feeling we're going to see Chris Watkins. What? Whitey and Watkins here at Sackdown Sports. Quick uh, on the crossover, Verlot. Yeah. I just want you to know that off air, Whitey is not happy with your judging today in Factor Fantasy. He, he feels screwed oh, over. Get in line, buddy. <laughs> that's like half the time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. More than half. The All time. the results are pretty much yeah. under. Protest. Well, I'm embarrassed because yes. you know when Chris isn't here, Chris has yeah. been beating me like a drum. I figure when he's not here, I should you got a chance. Hold my own. Yeah. I uh, beat Frankie. Oh, you did beat Frankie because yeah. Frankie That's like easy. mailed in his he last He literally answer. gave up. He's yeah. like, I yeah. give and up. And even then, I barely won. And then Draper yesterday, I had him, and he had some like he had a miracle three at the buzzer where Vlad's go, Wow, I was gonna go with you, Whitey, but and then today he got JMR's winning. So. It's been a while since I've won, yeah. uh, won it. And, but uh, I don't even need tomorrow, right? Winning. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Does, we're back in tomorrow. Does so. beating Frankie count? Wow. It's like the the dude who threw the no hitter against the A or the perfect game against the A's this yeah. year. It's like, is that? Wow. <laughs> Frankie brings it. I yeah. I was very proud of that win over Frankie. <laughs> I'm like, I'm building him up, and I'm like, Frankie, <laughs> just do your best. You don't know what I'm gonna say. He literally he said, "I have a joke, but I don't. I'm not gonna tell it because it's not very good." And yeah, and he he probably would have just win, yeah. Whitey. <laughs> just exactly, pretty much handed it to him. Yeah, well, like how, I said, yeah. <laughs> you basically thank you yeah. all for making my point. Yeah, as you know, I texted you yesterday yes. and let you know that the chat very concerned about you. How are you? How's everything going? I'm good. I'm decent. Definitely needed a couple days off. Uh, yeah, I just don't just don't make me laugh, and I'll I'll seem fine. It's it's really just the laugh that uh, that's still hurting right now. But yeah, bronchitis is uh, is really messing me up. A oh, that's bit. too bad. So when you laugh, you sound like a sick walrus or something. So it's just uh, kind of a... yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. definitely. If that's what a sick walrus sounds like, then that's that's exactly what I sound like. Hey, two to six. I've get in the YouTube one. chat. Try to make Chris Ver- exactly. uh, Chris Watkins laugh. No, it'll probably happen. Sorry. I mean, it's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be really hard. It's gonna be really yeah. hard for me not to laugh. It just—it sounds gross. So I'm trying Simone, not to. you have a mission. I'm today. trying not to uh, disturb the, the listening the, audience. Aren't you the bad boy of radio? Allegedly. That's why I'm no. The bad boy stop, of it. Media. stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Media is bad. Boy. I can't Chris do this, Walker. guys. You guys uh, are really he gets good. hit in the nose. Stop. <laughs> stop. I'm trying not to just like infect all these mics. That's my only goal for today. This is, uh, I will say this, it's not a great day to be nursing the bronchitis when we got the smoke outside and everything. Oh, I know. I think that that could have been like a contributing factor. I think that's that's the media bad boy bringing the smoke. (laughs) I hate you, Chris. I hate you so much. This is going to be a long day. I thought this was going to be easy. I was like, I'm going to be in here by myself. It's no. fine. You get it Stop. With it. <laughs> I cannot do this. I can't do it. I'm going to die. I'm going to pass out by the you end of You and uh, Gary Sharp? Gary Sharp, yes. Yeah. Yeah, somebody, really somebody around here said Sharp and Waddy. Is that what you guys are? No. Is that a thing? No, that's not a thing. Okay. Uh, not to my knowledge. No. Yes. <laughs> no. 
Hell no. Didn't you hear that too, Jay? Oh, Marcel, I heard it. Some yeah. guy. I yeah. have, no. Sharp I heard you. That. Yeah, I heard you were trying to make Wadi a thing. That's why never been Wadi a thing. Why is Wadi not a thing? <laughs> because why would it be a thing? Why wouldn't it be a thing? Watkins, Wadi, yeah. Yeah. Whitey and Wadi? I don't know. It's a little... <laughs> came up with Bronkins earlier. <laughs> That's not funny. I'm not Wadi Bronkins. Wadi yeah. Bronkins. This is bullying. This is just straight up bullying. All right. Don't well, we have a story time or something to yeah, go to? maybe that'll make you <laughs> that feel better. That never makes me laugh. You know, you're having uh, not the best of times here, but who knows what's uh, befalling these people in Christopher Lodge. Story time. We interrupt this program for an important announcement. It's that time of the day where Chris Verlaud gives you the stories that you need to hear. Or maybe not. Story time. Gentlemen. That was mean what you just did to Chris Walker. Yeah, it was pretty mean. (laughs) I didn't enjoy it at all. Not enjoying it now, are you? No, not at all. Nobody treats Waddy that way on my watch. So, Jay, since you are a big fan of story time. Yes. I'm going to tell you a story that was actually listener submitted. Oh, boy. Wow. Oh, oh boy. And that listener was Simone. So just remember. (laughs) Just remember when you hear this story, Simone was the one that said this would be a great idea for story time. Oh, boy. There's a lot of pressure here. Yeah. So this takes place in New South Wales, Australia, courtesy of the New York Times. A 64-year-old woman of southeastern New South Wales, Australia, was admitted to a hospital in January of 2021 with abdominal pain that she had suffered for three weeks. She also had a dry cough Mm. and night sweats. Mm. At first, doctors thought she had a rare lung infection. She was treated for the infection and her symptoms improved, but weeks later, she was hospitalized again with a fever and a cough. Doctors then treated her for a group of blood disorders, and the medicine they used suppressed her immune system. Over the next three months, she, exper- she experienced forgetfulness and wor- worsening depression. Can we can we take turns making our diagnosis before Chris finishes the story? Yes. Yeah. What you, yeah. What do you think? Pregnant. Sixty-four-year-old woman pregnant. That would be a good story. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't even. I, I, Since it's Australia, it's Australia. Yeah, it's Australia. She's got like a scorpion in her nose or something yeah. like that. Scorpion in her nose. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I'll say a bite of some sort. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah. So over the next three months, she experienced forgetfulness and worsening depression. She oh. then had an MRI, which showed a lesion on her brain, and doctors performed a biopsy. It was at this moment that doctors finally knew what she had, and I will let Dr. Hari Priya Bandi explain what they found. Sected around the abnormal area that you could see on the scan. I thought, gosh, that feels funny. You couldn't see anything more abnormal. And then I was able to really feel something separate. I took my tweezers or my tumor holding forceps and I pulled it out and I thought, gosh, what is that? It's moving. Take it out of my hands. I saw this. And we put it in a path pot. Thank goodness. And it's gone away to the scientists to find out what it was. So we immediately called the infectious diseases doctors and asked, what should we do next? It was definitely not what we were expecting. Everyone was shocked. And the worm that we found was happily moving quite vigorously outside of the brain. It was huge, too. I saw a picture a of it in brain the jar. Worm? Brain worms. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so a matter Classic of brain, brain worm. Classic. Yeah. That's right. Doctors found a living parasitic worm a little larger than three inches in the woman's brain. The worm was taken to be studied, she said that, and it was determined that it was Aphidiscarus 
Robertsi. Ah, yeah. Mm. Which, Jay, as you know, is a type of round worm that is native to Australia and reproduces in a large snake named the carpet python. This has everything (laughs) Australian in this story. Basically, there was like damn near a python in her brain. The parasite is something (laughs) that is. The parasite is something that is known to infect small mammals, but this is the first known case of infecting a human. The woman had no direct contact with any snakes, but they are known to be around a lake where the woman lives. Mm. And she was gathering wargal greens, which are similar to spinach, (laughs) around the lake to cook. And they think she inadvertently consumed the worm eggs. So she wasn't pregnant. No, she was not pregnant. Also, Uh, they say the reason why it was able to grow so much because they gave her the medication to suppress her immune system. And that's why she wasn't able to fight it off. So the worm was taking over. But the good news is six months after brain surgery, the woman's psychiatric symptoms remain but are improving. (laughs) She's also being treated with medicine to kill worm larvae that may still be in her other organs. And it's still being monitored by infectious disease and brain specialists. Did they name the worm? No. Can, we, can we have a contest? Oh, we should. Anyone want to live in Australia? No. At that point, you're 64. You got a worm in your body. Just call it. Just call it. I wow, would just be that's, like, it was they, a good life. They that's... are thinking about naming the worm after the first word that was said when it was pulled out, and that is crikey. Yeah, crikey. It's a worm's environment. Ooh. You call that a worm? It's this is a worm. Not his fault. It's his environment. It's a good crocodile, Dundee. Good. I'll give you that. <laughs> Okay, uh, is that it today for a story? Tonight? That is it. Wow, you I don't think I can talk better. That. No, does that make you feel any better? You got Me? bronchitis. Maybe you don't you have a, don't have a bronchitis. I mean, I guess. Yeah, what it could definitely a, be worse. What yeah. if you have a worm in your tummy? Bye. Wow, <laughs> like I'm done at that dark. point. Like that's 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 it. That's yeah. a wrap for me. Do you me. have any idea what you and Gary Sharp have coming up today? Well, as you know, I've I've been gone all week, so I I assume that we're we're going to talk about uh, a little bit of the trade Lance stuff. There's still a little bit of meat you left on that. You got traded or something, huh? Yeah, I heard. Yeah, okay. trade Lance. Hey, um, you're the Kings are interested in a three-time NBA world champion? Yeah, yeah, I did. I think we're going to talk about that as well. And then uh, Simone actually came up with a great idea. Since it's a cut day, we're going to cut some things out of our life. It's gonna be oh. a it's gonna be a tough tough decision to make. But Number one worm. Worm in my brain is yeah. the first thing. Yeah. I'm Bam. First thing. Yeah, Absolutely. And I'd, I'd have Gary help with that because he's sharp. Yes, sharp. Thank you, Jay. It's been fun today. It has Appreciate been. Appreciate it. And I'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Yeah, I look forward see you to tomorrow it. on the crosstalk. Yes, sir. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. All right. Sounds so we good. got uh, Gary Sharp and Chris Watkins next right here at Sacktown Sport.